Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh and the people of Nineveh what? believed in God and then 1st Corinthians 3 says this so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the what who gives the growth don't you love that amen family all right family go ahead and take a seat everyone You know, as I shared with you several weeks ago, every single summer, I would travel to the little island of Cyprus in the Mediterranean to go visit my father. And uh, we always had a great, great time, always loved to go visit him. But one of the things that I did not share with you about my dad is that he absolutely loves agriculture. Yeah, he loves all that stuff. In fact, he inherited a plot of land from my grandfather and he has fruit trees and vegetables and he just goes there and spends hours upon hours just doing stuff. So he loves all that stuff. So every time that I would go visit him on the summer afternoons, he would take me to, the, to this property where we just hang out there. Now, if you know anything about the Mediterranean, you know that during the summer months, it's not only very, very hot, but it's also very, very dry, very dry. You know, as opposed to Miami, then the summer, it becomes, it's very, very hot and very, very wet, right? We all love humidity in the midsummer. There's not the same. It's very, very hot and dry. And then in the winter months, it's when all the rain, all the rain comes. So during the summertime, since the soil, the soil gets so dry and so, so hard, it's almost virtually impossible to plant anything. And so early on, my father knew that we needed a water pump. So he installed a water pump. We have a picture right there. There's a little hut. You see that little hut? That's where he installed his water pump. And from there, he would get water and he would use it during the summer months to, to plant. In fact, can I just show you today a little bit of, of what, I, when, what he would show me when he would plant something? Can I show you guys? Yeah, you guys don't mind? So, so here I have a bunch of seeds, right? I have a bunch of uh, lima beans, sunflower seeds, but we're in Miami, so we're going to use an avocado seed, all right? <laughs> and so here's what happened. This right here, you can tell, man, th this soil is super hard, super dry, and it's almost impossible to get anything in there. However, he would always bring a little pail, or, or the hose, and here's what he would do. He would simply just start pouring some water on this hard, hard soil, just like that. And folks, notice the, the impact that that water is having on that soil. You see, once it was hard, now it's become a little more pliable, a little softer, and the more water you add to it, guess what? It just becomes super soft. See that? Look at the reaction of it. And folks, the more water you put, the softer it gets. And then once the, water, the, the soil was super soft, then he would go and place that seed in there and cover it up and then let it do its, its work. But folks, listen, don't, 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 I know even though it looks like a little bit of a science experiment, but family, listen, don't miss the point. Don't miss, because water here is the key. 
Because water has a way of softening up even the hardest, driest soul. So, soil, right? Even the hardest soil, it has a way to, 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 to soften it. And then, and then, and only then, once that soil is soft, then my dad was able to place that seed in the ground, and then hopefully it would grow up to be a beautiful fruit tree, and he would enjoy those fruits for years and years to come. So water was the key. Now, folks, let me just bring all of that story over to our teaching for today. Because, folks, listen, what a picture of what serving does to the hearts of the people of Miami. And by that, I mean that just like water is the tool that my father uses to soften up that hard soil in order to be able to plant that seed. Folks, listen, just like that. And here's the big idea for this weekend. Serving is the tool that our Heavenly Father uses to soften up the hard hearts of the people of Miami. And the more that God's people serve the people, the more that people are served, the softer their hearts become, the more receptive they they become, and then and only then we can place what? The message of the gospel deep in their hearts. Amen, family? Now, folks, you may be sitting there, you may be asking the question, well, pastor, listen, I had never really thought, ever really thought through the fact that our serving is the tool that God uses to soften up people's hearts. And pastor, I want to be used by God. I just, I just don't really don't know how. What, what do I need to know in order to serve people and be used by God in this way? Well, we're going to find out from Jonah chapter 3, all right? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Jonah chapter 3. You can follow along in our listening guides as well as in our app. And listen, with that in mind, I have two thoughts for us today about how we are used as to serve people and soften up the hearts of those we serve. So write this down as point number one. We need to realize that we all need to arise and what? And serve and serve. In fact, listen to what it states in Jonah chapter 3. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it that message that I tell you. Now pause right there. Because last week, Pastor Carlos did a phenomenal job, right? Teaches, can we give it up for Pastor Carlos? (laughs) On teaching us the importance that we need to arise and go tell, right? We need to arise and go tell. And there's many different ways, whether it's wearing a t-shirt, our Christ Fellowship t-shirt, our yard signs to let people know that we are believers, whether it's that timely invite card that you give that person and they, they, they come to church and come to know Christ, or even turning just regular conversations into gospel conversations, right? We need to be faithful and obedient if we're gonna reach Miami to go share the message that God has entrusted to us. Amen, family? We got to be faithful with that. So in in chapter 3, Jonah teaches us the importance of just sharing God's truth. But today, we're going to see how Jonah in one way also served the people of Nineveh. In fact, before God saw Jonah as a prophet of God, as someone who spoke the the, the word of God, he first saw Jonah as simply a servant. In fact, listen to how he's described in 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings. 
It says, God spoke according to the word of the Lord, and he spoke by his what? By his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai. You see it so early on, listen, in God's eyes, he's simply a servant. Now, before we dive into the text for today, let me remind us that there are times that we're going to look at a text and we're going to learn, uh, pay attention to what the passage is stating explicitly. And that's what Pastor Carlos did last week, right? He, 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 we saw from this text that it teaches us that we need to be faithful to share God's truth. But there are also moments where we can also learn from a passage from what it's stating implicitly. And so that's exactly what I'm going to do today. I'm going to kind of can I attack this, this chapter from a different angle and specifically how Jonah in many ways was also a servant. He served the people of Nineveh. And so listen to what the passage states. Listen to what it says. It says, so Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city. There, three days journey in breadth, so really big city. And Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. Now, folks, pause right there. Because the first thing that we see from Jonah, if you're taking notes, write this down as letter A, is that serving takes our presence. Takes our presence. Notice that Jonah arose and physically, physically went to Nineveh. Now, I believe that one of the things that God used to soften up the hearts of these people from, the, from, from, from Nineveh was merely the presence of Jonah. Now think about critically, but think about this with me critically. Because the people of Nineveh, of Nineveh were cruel and ruthless people, right? We've studied that already in this series. And when they would encounter somebody that was not part of their city, guess what? They were, they were used to seeing people, what, run from them, right? They would just run from them. But for the very first time, there was somebody who actually dared to walk into their city. And he was just not a regular person, but he was someone who was representing a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of all grace. And so folks, imagine the moment that they saw that man come in, Jonah come in, all the children were speaking, the wives were speaking, the, the, the men, the warriors were talking, what is this man doing here? And I really believe the mere presence of Jonah just began to have an impact on them. And family, what a picture of the people in Miami. Because when the people of Miami think of you and I, they don't, they don't think of us like you and I think of each other. But oftentimes, it's sad to say, they think, of, they think of God's people, people that go to church, like we're like holier than thou people. You know how that we're just way too good to go associate with the people of Miami. How we're just so concerned with their small groups and with our church services and our gatherings. And, you know, we only, we're only concerned with what happens inside the walls of the church. But I believe that the moment that the people of God show up, our, the, our presence in itself begins to make an impact. And so not only does Jonah teach us that serving those that we're trying to reach takes us being physically present, but also write this down as B and C. Serving takes our effort and serving takes time. It takes time. Now, when we read in this passage that Jonah went to Nineveh, 
We just like to read it really quick, right? That's usually what, what, what happens. But I thought to myself, you know, Nineveh was not just down the street. Nineveh was actually 700 miles away from uh, Israel. So I thought, I wonder, how, wonder how long does it take to actually get to Nineveh from Israel? So you know what I did? I Google mapped it, that's right. I Google mapped it, so let me show you a little bit of what I did. So I put Jerusalem as a starting point, right? It's a, a major city there. And then I put Nineveh, well, I put Mosul, Iraq, because Nineveh doesn't exist anymore, but it's modern day Mosul where, 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 at, where, where um, it, Nineveh used to be. And I, you cannot see this, but it says it, it takes 232 hours walking. That means that if Jonah walked straight without stopping, it would have taken him 10, almost 10 days. Now listen, I'm sure Jonah had to go to the restroom. I'm sure he had to eat. I'm sure he had to sleep. And so make, make it double, right? 20 days, 25 days. I thought, well, you know, maybe Jonah was a fancy boy and he had a camel. But I couldn't find the camel here. I only had the car, the bus, you know. So anyway, let's just suppose it took him 10 days, right? But regardless, don't miss the point. The people of Nineveh, they knew that it took Jonah a long time and a lot of effort to get to them. And folks, what an image of what happens when the people of God start putting forth effort in serving the people of Miami and start giving our time. You know, there's something about serving, there's something about our effort, about our time that we give that just starts softening up the hearts of the people in Miami. Can, can I tell you, even, it, even the smallest efforts have an impact, have an impact? In fact, let me just give you a brief example of that. Back in, uh, several years back when I was leading, the, leading the, the Miami Springs campus, we knew that when we started that campus, we wanted to reach that community for Christ. And so we thought that, you know, the, the perfect way to do that, to start off, is by having a booth at the River Cities Festival. You know, there in Miami Springs, they have every single year, they have this huge festival. They block off the entire um, center of Miami Springs. They have food and arts and crafts and a bunch of other stuff. So we thought, you know what? Let's put up a tent there. Let's put our T-shirts on, put a little, a little banner, and I'm sure people are going to flock to come know about God. So guess what? We did that. But to my surprise... They were not flocking towards us. In fact, whenever I would try, I see a family walking by, I would try to stop them. And you know how it is, right? When they see like church stuff, they just kind of look to their side and they just say, hey, you know, let's go to Elephant Ear. You know, so they would just keep walking. So I'm thinking, how are we going to have, how can we talk to people? How's that going to be? So there was an older gentleman, gentleman there at Miami Springs. His name is Marty Dowling. Super wise, awesome, super funny. And he said, you know what? Why don't we just do balloon animals? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what a silly idea. Like balloon animals. But, but remember, I'm a pastor. So in the outside, I'm like, man, this is amazing. Oh, great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm thinking, but you know what? Let me just give this a shot. So Marty starts showing us how to do balloon animals. And say, okay, I, I'm ready to go. I think I got this. So let's see how it happens. So here's what would take place. When people would come, They'd be walking by. Let me go give them a little, let me show you a little bit of visual of, of what, I, what I did. So, so as people would be walking, here's what would happen. I would say, hey, you want a free balloon animal? You know, a family would be walking by, and they're like, no, 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 no we're good, we're good, because they think they're going to have to tip us afterwards. But here's the thing. 
the kiddos, would, would be, the moment they hear balloon animals are like, yay! You know, like, yeah, come on in, buddy! And so we'll be like, so what do you want? What do you, what do you want, buddy? Do you want a, do you want a doggy? Do you want a, a giraffe? Do you want a, a sword? What do you want? A doggy. Okay, a doggy. Sounds good, buddy. And so here's what I would do. I'll get, in my, I'll get on my knees, and then I'll just, and I could get this on, get another one. So here's what I would do. I would just get on my knees right in front of them. And I would just start pumping and I'll start just kind of, you know, just small talking with them. And I will be asking the, the, the little kid, hey, so where do you go to school? You know, where, you know uh, how old are you? What do you like to do? And so, you know, just small talking, talking. And, and then I would go to the parents and say, hey, so what do you guys live by? And they're like, oh, we live in Miami Springs. Oh, no, we live in West Kendall, whatever. Oh, okay, cool, cool. So we're just talking. And just, you know, as I we're talking, I'm doing this little balloon animal. Little by little. The kiddos are staring at me. And just a jiffy. Oh, yeah. Woo. And something, listen. When I stood up, something happened in those few moments. Because those parents who didn't want to talk to me, now because they saw me serve their little one, now they were open to whatever I had to tell them. And I do this on stage, it might seem silly, but I'm trying to prove a point. That even the smallest little effort of serving, of loving people has an impact. And you know what? People were open, people came to church, people came to hear God's truth. And it was amazing to see how, like so many awesome conversations that we were able to have simply because I did something as silly as this. Isn't that amazing? And so folks, listen, in your own personal life, if you feel like you've been having trouble, you know, reaching someone for Christ, a family member, a coworker, uh, a friend, a classmate, and they're close to, what, to, to anything about church, here's the question that you need to ask yourself. Have I served them in any way? Have I served them? Because it certainly has a way of softening people's hearts. And you know where we learn, learn this from? We learn this from Jesus. Because what I love about the Lord is that when he came down to this earth, he didn't come as a king telling us what to do, sir, come and serve me. He, that, that was not his posture, right? God's word says, for the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give as a life, as life as a ransom for many. Amen? And folks, what some of the, I, I really believe that one of the reasons that we all love the Lord so much, that we have such a tender heart for the Lord, that we will serve him, that we will do whatever it takes, that we trust him. You know why? It's because he served us. Amen. We have a serving Lord. Amen? And so there's something about serving, you see? There's something about serving that's special, that's very unique. And so listen, we're just following the example of our Lord. We're just following the example of our Lord. Now, as we go on, on and about, and we are serving the people of Miami, listen, we need to be sure, write this down as letter D, that we serve all types of people, all types of people. Now, the story of Jonah is reminding us that, when, when we are, that we are to serve even the most unlikely people. For Jonah, he was used to serving people, the people of Israel, people like him, people of his own race, of his own color, of the same demographic, of the same social status. And he was used to, you know, serving those people. But in, but in jo but the book of Jonah, God is calling him to serve people 
that were not like him, really pushing him out of his comfort zone. In fact, these were people who were guilty of some major things. In fact, when the king of Nineveh, as we saw last week, when the king of Nineveh repented, listen to what he says. He said, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is what? In his hands. Listen, these were people with blood on their hands. And so folks, listen, it's easy to serve people that are like us. But God is calling us to get out of our comfort zone and reach people that are not like us, even those people who have made mistakes in their lives. You know a good example of people who've made mistakes in their life? is people in prison. You know, the society have for, has forgotten the people in prisons, but you know who has not forgotten the people in prison? God has not forgotten them. And so this is why I am so proud of our prison ministry. You know, I don't know, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but every single weekend, right now, this weekend, listen, we go to seven different prisons, seven. And we share God's love. We serve those people. We have a service for them. We just do what we can. And so many people have come to know Christ. And so folks, listen, we are, we are called to go even to, these, to those who, who've made mistakes in their life. But family, listen, we need to cover the entire spectrum because we also need to remember the other side, those who are poor and those who are in bad situations. In fact, listen to God, what God's word says. In James chapter 1, he says, religion that is pure and undefiled. You want to have religion that's pure and undefiled? You want your, your walk with Christ to be pure and undefiled? Do this. It's to visit orphans and the widows in their affliction. You know, I believe that the reason that God calls this pure and undefiled before him is because when we go serve and love these people, these are people who can never repay us. What can an orphan do back to us? What, what can a, a widow ever do back? They, they probably will never even come to church in those situations. But God is calling us to go and love them. Amen? God is calling us to go and serve those people. And this is why I am so, also so proud of our foster and adoption ministry. In fact, let's give it up for them as well. Listen, you may not know this as well, but every single, every, every month, they meet here on a Saturday morning at the Palmetto Bay campus. They gather together and they love those families. They provide resources. Kids who are looking for foster homes, kids who are looking to be adopted. And it is simply just amazing what takes place. In fact, since the inception of this ministry, over 600 children have been fostered and over 90 children have been adopted. Family, give it up for the Lord. That is glory to be God. And so God wants us to serve and share God's love with both extremes. Now, folks, as we go out and serve this city, I want to be sure that we have the right mentality as we go, okay? So as we go out and serve, listen, write this down as big number two. After we have served and after we have shared the gospel, then comes a point where we rest and rely on God for growth. Rest and rely for God for growth. In fact, listen to what happens once Jonah shared the message of truth to the people of Nineveh. Listen to what happens. He says, and he called out, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh, why? Don't you love that? They believe in God. 
from the greatest of them to the least of them. Now, folks, pause right there, and I want to show you something. Because something happened be be between the end of Jonah's sermon or teaching and the word end. Something happened right here. You know what it is? It's that God intervened. That God softened the hearts of the people of Nineveh and he gave spiritual growth. Amen? And family, listen, nothing has changed in 2,700 years. Nothing has changed. Because the one, is because God is still today the ones who give spiritual growth. He's the one who works in people's hearts. In fact, in the early church, there was a big debate as to who should be credited for the spiritual growth of God's people. Here's the debate. Some people are saying, the apostle Paul, listen, he is the one that gets the credit, right? He serves us at the beginning. He shared the gospel. He's the one. And then other people were saying, no, 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 no. It was not Paul. It's Apollos. He's the one who's been serving us lately. He's been the one who's helped us understand more. He's the one. And so people were, some people were what? So were Paul, other people were Apollos, and there was a big debate, and I love the apostle Paul. Because in his letter to him, he said some straight. Listen to what he says. He says, what is then Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who gives the growth. Amen? And so listen, we need to be crystal clear on, on what responsibility is ours. Our responsibility is to serve and to share the gospel. But it is God's responsibility, if he, so, if he sees, sees fit, to work in the heart of that specific person and provide spiritual growth. Amen? So we do, we serve, we share the gospel, we invite people to church, but then we rest and rely for God to give the growth. But here's the key point that you cannot miss, that we cannot expect for God to work and for God to give growth if we do not obey and if we don't share the gospel and if we don't serve people. We cannot expect it because God is using our, right? Waiting for us to be obedient for him to give that significant growth. Now, you may be thinking, Pastor, we are ready to serve, amen? Listen, we're out, we're ready to go, so what's the next step? Well, listen, this upcoming Saturday, you've heard this already, is our first big serve day. You guys excited for this? And it's gonna take place from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., and all of God's people are gonna come together at, all, at each of our campuses, and then we're gonna go out and serve the city. We're gonna go out with our T-shirts and just serve and water the hard soil, right? We're going out there and just, we're gonna water that hard soil. And you know, all this comes at a perfect time, and here's why. It's because next week, we're gonna be covering the last chapter of Jonah, Jonah chapter four, and then the following week, November 2nd and 3rd, we're gonna start a brand new series called Unsinkable. And it's gonna be a really cool series because not only for us as believers, we're gonna learn what keeps our faith afloat, what keeps doctrines or key thoughts keeps us our faith afloat. 
But at the same time, we're going to answer a lot of the questions that your classmates have, that your coworkers have, that your family members have who are skeptic, skeptical of the Christian faith. So the first week we're going to tackle this. I'm going to give you a quick preview. First week we're going to tackle, is there such thing as absolute truth? Oftentimes in people's society, is what? It's relevant. It's whatever truth I, whatever think, whatever I think is truth, that's what's truth. And we're going to find out that there's such thing as absolute truth. The second week, we're going to see that there's absolute truth and it's found in scripture. We're going to see that God does in fact exist and that he has a plan. Amen? So once, so that's the second week. So, the first, so after we've learned, okay, there is such thing as absolute truth and that is scripture. Second week is, yes, God, and that truth is that God does exist. He is reality, right? Then the third week, we're going to see, well, if he does exist, does he have a message for us? And we're going to look at that message. And then the fourth week is, if there's absolute truth, is that God exists and he has a message for us, then how then shall we live? And so that's the way we're going to end the series. It's going to be amazing. So bring all your friends and family. Trust me, they're going to love it. And here's why I'm even, even more excited about this series. Because we're not the only ones doing this series. In fact, there are 32 other churches in South Florida from West Palm all the way down to Miami-Dade that is doing this series. They're all lined up. We're going to teach the same topics, the same things. It's going to be a time that we're all going to gather together. I'm telling you, it's, I really believe God is going to do some amazing things, not only at Christ Fellowship here, but throughout South Florida. Can't you, it's going to be amazing, huh? So cannot wait for that. So folks, listen, since each campus, all right, and this Brick Serve Day, is since we're all going to do different outreaches in our local community and serve and water that hard soil. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now let the campus pastors continue on this teaching, sharing all the um, things that are going, that are going to take place. And they, they, then they're going to give you some next steps, all right? So I'm going to call the campus pastors up. Campus pastors, take it away. There you go. Right, <laughs> guys, give it up for production, Pastor Carlos. Love you guys. Let's give it up for the production team and more. Trouble. All right, say it with me, arise and serve. Come on, say it like you mean it, arise and serve. Let me tell you that the devil is not afraid of a large church. He's afraid of a united church. And so he's called us to be united in this time, in this mission, in this vision. 97% of our city is lost and does not know Jesus. So this Saturday, we have an opportunity to gather together and to serve our community. In fact, we have 12 opportunities for you to serve with your family. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to meet here at this campus at 8.30 in the morning. We're going to have some light breakfast, some pastelitos, some cafe. We're going to get you ready. And at 9 in the morning, we're going to gather in the worship center. We're going to worship and pray together before we head out to the community and serve. How many of you are excited? The best is yet to come. God is going to use us in a mighty way. And so I want to share some of the opportunities that we have. You have an answer right there that says Big Serve Day. I want you to take a moment right now and take it out. And I want to highlight some of the opportunities that we have because one of the opportunities that we have that you can join and you can serve is to go to South Dade Nursing Home. One of the things that Pastor Omar spoke about is about spending time with the elderly. 
Oftentimes, the elderly are one of the most neglected people in our society. Oftentimes, they are forgotten by their own family. And so as a church, we want to do something. We want to show them the love of Jesus Christ. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time with them, play games, worship with them, share the, our gospel, the gospel, and we're also going to pray for them as well. So this is one of the opportunities that you can serve this Saturday. The other one that we have, the other slide, if we can go to the next slide. Yeah, the next slide is One More Child Organization. This is a single mom organization. And so they help single mothers get back into their feet. And so we have an opportunity to organize, do some cleaning, uh, do some yard work in that home. And this is a great opportunity for you uh, to serve uh, with your small group. The other opportunity that we have is the Agape Women's Center. I don't know if you guys know this, but by Southland Mall. Yeah, we can give it up for them. By Southland Mall. They have actually broke ground. This women's center is for women who have gone through substance abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, and they really go through a restoration program. There are about 100, 150 women that live in this center. So what we're going to do for them is we're going to have a spa day for the ladies there. Isn't that incredible? We're going to be able to pamper them. And so it's a great, great, great opportunity to serve as well. The other one is... Robert is here. So I know many of you have gone to this place called Robert is Here. How many of you have gone to it, by the way, by the way yet? Yeah. And you probably have posted on Instagram that smoothie that you enjoyed, that juice drink that you had. But here's what we're going to do. Robert is Here is going to host a foster event for the entire community. And so they're going to have games, activities, different things for you uh, to do with these foster children, these orphans. And so you have an opportunity to serve alongside uh, this great, great, great organization. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be incredible. That's a great opportunity for you. The other thing is uh, we're going to send out evangelist teams, evangelism. And so, yeah, where are all my evangelists? Yeah, get really excited. And so when we gather together here on Saturday, we're going to send groups of people uh, to go out to the street and to evangelize and to share the gospel. In fact, the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been challenging small groups to go out and to meet in public spaces. And I just want to encourage our small group leaders because all of the, uh, most of the small groups have done that. Can we encourage them? They've done such an incredible job. And last weekend, we learned about the three-circle method about turning uh, life conversations into gospel conversations. So this weekend, this Saturday, we have an opportunity uh, to do so. And the next opportunity that I want to share with you is uh, food packing. So when we meet here and we have our time of worship, we're going to be out in the high school room, middle school room, and we're going to put together these boxes. And so we're going to put together these boxes of food, and we're going to go out to the community and deliver them to different families here in our city who are under-resourced or perhaps uh, do not have a meal or elderly families. And so we have an opportunity to love on them. And the last but not least opportunity that I want to share with you is uh, we're going to go to Deering Estates, uh, paint, do some painting and some cleanup. And many of you may be thinking, why are we going to go to Deering Estates? I mean, they don't need to be served. I mean, they, they have a lot of money. Like, why are we going there? Well, one of the things that Pastor Omar spoke about was that we want to serve all types of people. And so oftentimes, people who are well-resourced get neglected, and we do not serve them. So we want to serve all kinds of people, and so we're going to, that's an opportunity that we have as well. So that's happening this Saturday at 9 in the morning. We start our worship 
and a time of prayer before we charge the city. But I know what some of you are thinking, Pastor Carlos, I have children and they have soccer on Saturday or they have ballet or they have dance or they have karate. Listen, I get it. I have three children. My oldest son Noah has karate on Saturday. But can I tell you something? Karate can wait. Soccer can wait. And here's what I want you to do this Saturday. Cancel that. Cancel the plan. Why? Your son can learn that karate move the following week. Your daughter can learn that dance move the next weekend. But this Saturday, we have an opportunity to serve with our entire church family and to take charge and to plant that seed. See, we are responsible for planting the seeds and watering the seeds. Ultimately, God is the one who brings the increase. God is the one who brings the growth. And 97% of our city is lost and doesn't know Jesus. And serving is an avenue for you to preach the gospel of Christ. So I want to challenge you today. Whatever plans you have for this Saturday, cancel them and take that next step of faith and to sign up and to join us to be able to take over this city with the gospel of Christ. And I want to share this passage with you found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Here's what Jesus says. You are the light of the world. If you are a believer, you are the light of the world. You, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives lights to all in the house. Here's a charge. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. Say with me, good works. Say it like you mean it, good works. And give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We're not saved by our good works, but rather we are saved for good works. And every time that you exemplify a good work every time that you serve God is the one that gets the glory not us not this church but God Almighty who died on the cross for you who gave his life for you and what he's challenging us to do right now in this season in the life of our church is to rise up and to serve you see oftentimes just like Jonah we're so good at growing in the things of God. We, learn to, we love to learn scripture. We love to worship. We enjoy praying. But oftentimes we grow in the things of God. But we don't go and tell others about the things of God. And I think in this season now, we have been growing as a church. And now is our time to go and to tell others about Jesus Christ that God has a plan for them, that God has a hope for them, that God has a message of salvation for their life. Do you believe that today, Christ Fellowship? Come on at all of our campuses. Do you believe that today? So here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to take out your insert. You can have a seat. Take out your insert. And I want you to take this moment right now and fill out this insert. Just look through it. Take a moment and fill this out. And then later on, I'm going to give you some next steps on what to do next.
Lord God, we just come before you, God Almighty. We thank you, God, for this time that we can gather together and worship you. We thank you, God, for this time that we can gather together and sing, sing songs to glorify your name, God. And we just pray for this Saturday, God. We pray for every single organization that we're going to serve, for every single person that we're going to have an opportunity to serve and to connect with, Lord. We pray for the South Dade Nursing Home. We pray for One More Child Organization. We pray for the Agape Women's Center, for R.R. Moen Elementary School, for Robert is here, for Frank C. Martin K-8 Center, for Deering Estates, and all the different places that as a church we're going to this Saturday, God. May you use us, Lord, to be the light in the darkness, God. God, we do this ultimately to glorify you. God, you are the servant who came down and died for us and exemplified the greatest act of service for us, Lord. So God, we want to model, we want to model what you did for us, God, that you came down and you became a servant for us, Jesus. So use our church, God. In this season, Lord, there are so many people who are lost and do not know you as their Lord and Savior, God. May you use us, Lord, to bring glory and praise to your name. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen and amen. Can we give it up for the Lord once again? What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmami.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.